generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome and you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail. I am recording this for the first time, I think, before I actually send the email out and that is because I have a very, very busy week and I wanted to squeeze this in before I get too hectic and I do have a big weekend coming up so I may not be in as good a form from Sunday onwards uh, and so I thought, well, I should probably be smart, use up a bit of my spare time to record this before that. Some of you will know that have probably been introduced to Keep the Change through one of my other projects, Boys Get Paid, uh, about BGP and the weekend that we have coming up this weekend. Others of you are probably listening to this going, what are you talking about? And I think I'll do uh, an entire podcast at some stage to give some of you who have no idea what I'm talking about a bit of background into that and the last 10 years and also 5 years of work we've put in for this project in a nutshell, it is a Facebook group, or started as a Facebook group, a bunch of mates. We were getting into uh, horse racing as a hobby, and we've scaled that Facebook group to 20-odd thousand people. We have our own app. We host an event once a year, and that is this Saturday. There's 850 people coming along, and we do a giant punters club where people can put in a little bit of money, and we bet it on behalf of everybody. And at the end of the day, hopefully, we've made some cash, and we divvy that out based on the amount that you put into the pool and uh, we are expecting that we could end up with half a million dollars uh, in the pool come Saturday. So there's a fair bit of work to get through this week. I can appreciate that not everybody's cup of tea is horse racing and that's completely fine. Uh, it's an industry that is pretty dull in New Zealand. It has struggled for innovation and obviously has uh, a, a frontal wind, shall we say, a headwind I think is the correct term, of issues around animal welfare and those types of things which are, uh, I mean obviously I'm going to sound biased but a little bit under, misunderstood by some people with, that, that are not in the industry and that's the industry's responsibility is to try and tidy some of those things up but I think uh, at some stage for anyone that is interested I will take you through the journey of that. There are some massive lessons in there uh, from more of a, a growth on social media and breaking down some big problems and getting people activated and some things that you might learn from and you might be able to put into play and maybe a side hustle that you're starting or perhaps a business venture or even just a membership that you might be involved in and whether you can help to, to grow that club and that membership, for instance, no matter what that is. 
some of these lessons will be able to be moved over uh, into the area of which you're playing or thinking about. So this week, in terms of money mail, we're going to be looking at a pretty grunty lesson. It's quite long, and there's a few. It's basically an activity, and I drafted this up last year, and I haven't yet sent it out, so I'd been sort of sitting on it for a week where I didn't have as much time to do some writing, and this was the perfect week. So the subject is activity. Analyze your life's costs. Now, a lot of this information is actually in the Google Drive folder that people have access to who have got access to the Keep the Change entire lessons if they've wanted to read through those on their own time. Now that is how Keep the Change first started. I drafted a shitload of content that people could go and consume and learn from about savings, credit cards, all sorts of different things and I just put it all into a Google Drive and was going to just basically give that to people that ask me questions about financial literacy and say, hey, here's some answers, go and have a look in there. And then I thought, well actually, I know that that's great but often we need to be drip-fed uh, content and education rather than just go, well, here's a dictionary. Here's all, here's all the definitions in here. Knock yourself out. It doesn't, uh, doesn't often work, right? So that's when I thought, well, maybe I should do a, a newsletter and, and start to send out some of these lessons and write about some of the things that I'm seeing as we go. So this is actually one uh, of the activities suggested within that Google Drive folder, and a lot of this is in the Keep the Change Night School as well. But from the top... Lately, we've been talking about how prices are going up and most people are probably just skimming past it thinking it doesn't apply to them too much. I've put together a practical exercise you can do over the weekend. Let's be honest, you probably, this is the fucking last thing you're going to want to do on a weekend, right? But maybe put some time aside at some stage for an hour or so to actually go through and do this. And I know some of you, you, you know, you'll definitely go away and do it. Others of you, probably the majority will go, ah, I can't be bothered doing that. But you never know what you could learn from doing something like this. So, you can always come back to this lesson and this gives you a bit of a framework for what you could be thinking about. Now if you are brave enough, you need to take a look at every cost in your life. Now this isn't fun, but neither is not sleeping or worrying about money. So let's get this done. Exercise. Go to your internet banking and run an export of two months of bank transactions, including your credit card plus any accounts where you spend money. So if you've got three bank accounts that you use and 36 credit cards or whatever it is that you spend money from, we need to get those transactions, whether it's a gem visa or buy now, pay later. I don't even know. I don't even have a buy now, pay later. I've resisted using one of those. So I don't know where you get your transaction history from one of those. I've had a Q card, for instance, in the past, and they send me a monthly email. Whatever you are using to spend money, we need to go and have a look and dive into that. So in these exports, you're going to find negotiable costs and non-negotiable costs. Go through and work out whether that cost can be binned or has to stay. This is an exercise to get you thinking. It's not designed to think about how boring your life could be if you're not spending any money at all. If you have to have Gucci shoes for Instagram, it is what it is, go you. Now, this is a very high level, simple exercise to list down every cost and and you're going through, well, you're going to run a spreadsheet or you're going to run a print off basically. You're just going to mark it, do I really need to spend that? Is it negotiable? Is it non-negotiable? Now, you would assume that most things are probably, in your mind, non-negotiable. But it's a time to challenge your thinking and yourself and go, is that really a non-negotiable? Did I need a second pair of shoes? Did I need to buy that piece of clothing? Did I need to go out for that meal? Do I need to pay my rent? That's probably a non-negotiable. However, to some people, it could become a negotiable because you could think, well... How could I negotiate that? Maybe I, I, I move home. Maybe I get a flatmate in 
to take the spare room because we actually rent a place with a spare room and we wanted the space, well, actually, maybe we can decrease that by bringing someone else into the household as well. You know, you're going to get creative and figure out what truly needs to be spent by you and what things could be negotiated if you need to. So here are some thoughts. Wow, that's a lot of money spent on food. Could we be smarter about that? Perhaps you're eating out a lot or you're just buying food on the run and that's where you'll notice a lot of your money's going. Hmm, do we need to review our savings plan temporarily? Perhaps you can't sustain the amount of money that you're spend, that you're trying to save and then you're going into debt to cover some of the things that you're then having to pay for, i.e. using your buy now, pay laters, etc. and getting into a, a trap and a cycle of using those types of what, what they say to you are solutions. Power, internet, phone, are these still the right plans for you? Remember that often when we sign up for these things, we get sold them and we buy them in the then and there. But our lives change and sometimes we don't need the things that are on there. For instance, I was paying for roaming, I think, at one stage because I was going overseas a bit and I think I just tapped it on and was like, yeah, subscribe monthly to that and I don't need to worry about it each time. And six months after not traveling, I'm like, oh, shit, your boy's still roaming over here. I mean, I ain't been roaming around anywhere. So get rid of that. Um, Hotspotting, for instance, just these random things that might be on your bills that you don't necessarily need. Maybe you want to investigate, hey, what's the cheapest power company and spend half an hour figuring out whether you want to be paying the power company that you are. Could uh, could you be getting a work phone, for instance, if you're making a shitload of calls for your, from your, your phone and that's what you're having to use for your work? Could you say to your boss, hey, mate, what's the go here? Could I get an allowance for this? They'd probably happily pay some of your phone bill. You, know, you don't know until you're going to ask. So again, that's something you could potentially negotiate, power, internet, phone. Let's have a rumble with it. Now, am I actually using my gym membership? Well, if you aren't, then I'm going to give you a kick up the ass because it is the start of a year and you should be in that resolution type phase going, oh, I love the gym, I'm going to go. And I should be telling, well, I'm going to be telling you, you should be because I'm a huge fan of wellness, spending. So I am a little bit biased here. Uh, I think that that's very good for you to maintain other areas of your life and keep those in balance while looking after your physical and mental health. Then other things start to flow nicely as well. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not whatever term you want to use of people that are talking about these things these days, but that's something that I've practiced and I know that if I really look after myself that it returns something somewhere else in my life. So I don't look at paying for a gym membership as an expense. I look at it as an investment into a better version of myself. But if you're not using yours, or do you need the fancy one? Do you need do you, you know? Do you need to have an F45 and a something and a another gym membership and the buddy sauna and whatever down the weekend as well? You know how much of that stuff are you actually using, and what's actually realistic, and what could you negotiate if you didn't need it or were honest with yourself? What about? insurance what even is that insurance now insurance is used to de-risk potential outcomes in your life reread that three times insurance is designed to de-risk a potential outcome in your life i.e i'm paying insurance that if x event happens i.e flat burns down house burns down i'm going to get x amount of money in return what are you actually paying for when you're paying your insurances do you know if not, maybe that's where you need to spend some time researching that, figuring out do I actually need these things. Perhaps you're paying for life insurance or a policy that's very outdated and it doesn't serve you well anymore. If you need to review those things, then perhaps go and do that with your insurance advisor. If you don't have one, then I could suggest a couple of people that I've worked with that I trust and 
you know, you could start with them, but why are you actually paying that insurance? Do you know what it is? Do you know how consumer finance works? Because you can use it to your advantage too, i.e. Q cards, gym visas, etc. You know, don't get in the trap of paying 20% interest on shit that you're buying. Make sure if you're going to use those types of things, Q cards, gym visas and whatnot, that you're actually using them to your advantage and you're not being used by them and falling in the trap and ending up spending your uh, after-tax income paying down interest of some finance company and you're left with less in the pocket. So review all of those things. Slowly get rid of them. You know, why, why do you need them? They're just an extension of your income because debt's accessible, but we want to try and get ourselves out of that reliance on debt until we are very smart and sophisticated with how we use money. How many have now pay next week services do you have? I've just reworded buy now, pay later there. But get these things under control as well. They're the new sexy thing and they've got all these bright pastel colours and is that true? Bright pastel, is that even a thing? Anyway, they've got these pastel colours and they're all sexy and soft and you're thinking, yeah, I can bloody use five of them at once and they're just, again, they're just another form of a credit trap designed to get you spending more than you can actually afford to spend and then you resent it and you're stuck and then you just stay in the cycle and you feel it. So, you know, just because they gamify the process and make it seem easy and cool doesn't mean that you need to be a part of it. You probably don't go to the pokies every week and just rinse a whole heap of cash in the pokies because they look sexy, cool and exciting. So, you know, why why are we falling for these products that other people are offering us? Just be careful what those things are and whether you're using them or whether they are using you. So get those things under control. Now, what about your hidden habit? What's my boredom vice? Now, your export of transactions is going to show you often what you go and buy when you're bored. Maybe you go and go out for coffees. You go and have beers with mates or you buy some shit online because you're bored or you've been scrolling on Instagram and then you think, wow, I'm pretty bored. I've been scrolling for an hour. I've been looking at what other people are wearing. I might go and buy some of that shit as well. You know, I call this a boredom vice. So when we're bored, I believe we're destructive. When we aren't bored, we're usually productive. When we're at work, we're usually productive and it keeps us from doing things that we don't want to do. That's why work's very good for us. When we don't have work to do, we're sitting around and we're like, right, what destructive shit should I do? Hmm, maybe I'll scroll on Instagram and compare myself to everyone. That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it? Hmm, maybe I'll drink heaps of alcohol and go and do some shit that I'm going to regret. Hmm, maybe I will just start chatting to people and then end up gossiping about different people. All of those types of things are destructive things that I believe we do because we haven't been taught how to deal with boredom. So your transactions are going to show up for you, what your boredom vice could be, and for each of us that could be completely different. So be honest with yourself and see what comes through there that you can see as your boredom vice. I'd love to know what yours is as well. Feel free if you've never heard someone talk about this before, or if this is like a penny drop moment for you, Luke at keepthechange.co.nz. I'd love to hear what you realise your boredom vice is. Now think about if you literally had no income. What changes would you make to each of these expenses that you're currently paying for? So this is what you want to do again. You want to go back through all of those things you're paying for and go, right, next week I've got no job, I've got no income, I've got no ability to pay for these things. Now what? Are some of these things negotiable? Because when you've got income, the difference between negotiable and non-negotiable is quite high because you think, well, I can afford that, so therefore I should be able to have it. It's a non-negotiable that I buy that. If you didn't have money at all and you had no income coming in, would you be buying X, Y, and Z? Would you be going out for dinner as often? 
you know, would you need that insurance or pay for that insurance? Would you be, uh, would you have the, the expensive phone bill? Would you have the buy now, pay laters? A lot of those things would become negotiable where they would go off the table and you'd say, no, like I don't need those. And your non-negotiables would completely change and you probably just need sh- uh, shelter, food and, and um, water and clothing. So think about that if you actually had no income, what life would look like and what those expenses would look like and what things you could potentially get rid of and take off your plate. How about looking at it this way? Every expense you pay is solving a problem. Rent is obviously somewhere to live. Netflix, a form of entertainment. How would you solve these problems with less or no money? Really worthwhile exercise to do to wake yourself up to a bit of your financial spending habits. What else could you do for entertainment without spending money? Perhaps it's going for a walk. Perhaps it's going for a walk with a friend. Perhaps it is going and watching Netflix around at their place. You know, what creative solutions can you come up with if you are looking at it from the angle that the things that you spend and you currently spend on are actually solving a problem for you? What problem is it actually solving and could you solve it a different way or spend less money to do it? Tip, set spending financial oh, set financial spending habits that are actually sustainable and that you can commit to. A lot of people at this time of year go, oh, I'm not going to spend any more money until the end of March. Well, is that actually sustainable? Is that long-term and is that realistic? So think long game and short game. If you say you won't spend a dollar in the next month, is that really sustainable and something you can implement to help you in the long term? There's a high chance that by the 1st of March or whatever that date is, you're just going to go and blow all the cash that you haven't spent in that time because you're just itching to go and do it. So sometimes think about what's sustainable when you come up with new financial habits and you're trying to build new practices into the way you go about your finances. Extra. Capping the frequency of transactions. Now this is similar to what we've been talking about, but we're going to run an export of our bank transactions. So we've already done that. And then some of us still like to print things out, so that's fine. Get the old highlighter out if you've got some. I prefer a blue one. Whichever you choose, you will still want to run your eye over the statements and see how frequently you are transacting at certain stores, businesses, cafes, etc. So this time we're no longer counting the amount of money we're spending. We're having a look at the number of times we go somewhere. So as an example, you will note the purchase one from Monday at oh, you will note purchase one from Monday at Cafe X as number one, then purchase two on Wednesday as number two. So go through and see in numbers how many times you are going to the same places. This can actually be very very scary, especially if you're a regular coffee buyer or regular trip down to the dairy in the evening sort of person. And a lot of this data has been sort of taken away from us because we historically, like our parents and stuff, would get paper statements, they would look through all of those things and they would sort of, you know, analyse those things. These days we're just tapping and going and we are just getting our chips and our bloody uh, ice cream, our Fijo, a sorbet, whatever it is, and we're not even thinking about it again. And so then it's it's in our, it's, it's caught in data and it's on an internet banking transaction, but we might not even be looking at those things. So This is an exercise to get you to stop and actually go and look back at the things that you are purchasing, especially over the last couple of months. You could go longer if you want and see how many times do I go to that cafe? How many times do I go to that dairy? How many times did I use Uber Eats? How many times did I have Subway in the last four to eight weeks? And that could be the thing that, you know, pops up for you and you go, holy shit, I've been to that cafe 22 times. What the fuck am I doing? Why do I need to go there 22 times? Times that out by uh, 10 and we've got $220 that's gone to that cafe. Gee, that's good math for me. I was going to go 22 times 7, but as I was talking, I was thinking, shit, I don't know if I can do that quickly in my head. Um, 
yeah, use the 10. So, sorry guys, I'm not uh, the magician of mathematics, but um, I, yeah, I, I could probably figure it out if I had a little bit more time, but now you got me on the spot. Anyway, it is up to you to have a discussion with yourself to decide whether those purchases need limits. Perhaps you want to put a limit on yourself and you're not going to go to that cafe 22 times, you're only going to go once every week. So now we're going from 22 times in a month to four times. What this exercise does is it helps you to understand in numbers how many times you actually go somewhere. The I went to Cafe X 22 times in April might give you the wake-up call that you never intended to get, but it makes you realise how many times that you've gone there. And you, Perhaps you didn't even mean to go there that many times too, it's just happening now by default because you're going with your workmates or whatever. You may then choose to put limits in place for places that you frequent, only two lots of McDonald's per month, etc. Set your bare minimums and then try to stick to those. Sometimes less is more. Enjoy your weekend, Luke. P.S. You're one of 5,100 and, well, I'm doing this before Friday, so I'm saying some more people probably sign up before Friday. I reckon maybe another 10 people. So 5,127 recipients. Is there someone you could forward this to? I'd love if you could put this podcast on your social media or forward an email to someone that could learn from this and go through this. Did you know, spending on New Year's Eve in 2021 through the core retail merchant group, excluding hospitality was $140 million nationally. Now that is up 9% on New Year's Eve in 2020. That's from the Herald. There's a nice article in there about different spending around the country. Interestingly, I saw that Gisborne was one of the regions where spending went backwards. And I could only assume, it's the only region in the country where spending went backwards over the New Year's period. I can only assume that that is because R&V was cancelled. So all those people that usually go into the region and spend money there weren't doing that. And so they've actually gone backwards in terms of the total spending in the region. Amazing what an event can do and bring to a region, right? So I thought that was a a very interesting uh, look at that article. But basically, Kiwis never spent more money on Christmas, we've never spent more money on New Year's Eve, and we've never spent more money on alcohol. So she was a big old bloody doozy to finish 2021, wasn't it? Probably a lot of people hoping that that year's behind us and 2022 is going to be completely different. Well, if you're starting to get all the seeds planted in your head at the moment that I'm hearing around Omicron and all these different things, uh, we could be into a shaky start to 2022 as well. But hey, let's stick together. We'll ride it out. Trust the process. We know it is what it is. We have to look after ourselves. And one of the ways to do that is to look after how much we're spending when it comes to finances and uh, whether we're actually in control of those things too. And that's what we're doing here, trying to learn about some of these things. I hope that you have enjoyed and taken something from that lesson. It might be something you need to go back and do for a longer period than just two months, but it's giving you a little bit of a framework and a fun way to look at analysing some of your costs rather than sitting down and doing a budget perhaps. Let's go back and look at some of the past transactions, some of the things that we've done in the past and say to ourselves, hey, do I want to continue to do this? Is this a smart use of my time? I guarantee you that if you were to go and buy a house and you haven't previously, or if you're going to borrow some money going forward, This is what the banks and what your mortgage advisor are going to be looking for and you're not even going to know it. So maybe it could be smart to tidy some of this shit up before you get to that stage. Get into it, do something, take some action. I'll see you on the other side of my massive weekend. Thank you if you're involved in it, if you're coming along, or even if you're in the Punters Club. Uh, And I look forward to explaining how that all goes and bringing you a bit of an update and some insights into some of the things that I've learned through that journey in that project that I've had on going for a long time now too. Look after yourselves out there, look after each other. We'll see you soon.